bullshit, it's all just dumb gay politics. America's gotten kind of whack, but we're not gonna let it go down like that, cause we got a dumb gay podcast, a dumb gay political podcast. We probably don't have all the facts, but we got opinions and we'll probably backtrack. That's why it's a dumb gay podcast, a dumb gay political podcast. Ooh, it's all shit, it's all shit. It's all shit. It's all shit. I mean, are we gonna die? I don't know. I, I, you're extreme. I am extreme. It's all shit. Uh uh. This shit is bananas. B A A A A S. This shit is Trumpanas. T R U M P A N A N A S. What? I don't know. I don't even know. Merry Hanamas, everybody! <laughs> Welcome to Dumb Gay Politics! I'm Julie. And I'm Brandy. And this is the podcast where we talk about the week in politics like we're talking about reality TV. And this is our Chrismica episode. Merry Chrismica. <laughs> Happy Chrismica, everyone. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And it's also our fourth fucking ever Democratic debate special. Mm-hmm. So we can just skip over all the holiday buggery and go right into the the political buggery Mm -hmm. so today we are abandoning the regular format for dumb gay politics so we can bring you the highlights from last week's democratic debate and since this is our fourth ever democratic debate special we will now proceed with the recycled intro from the first, <laughs> second, and third ever Democratic debate specials. That's right, Brandy. So <laughs> if this is your first time tuning in, welcome. We appreciate you joining our other 14 listeners, but just remember, this is not not a regular episode. So keep that in mind <laughs> when you're getting bored or offended. And also keep in mind that we're actually more boring and more offensive on our regular episodes. That's which, true. Which is why we hold strong with just 14 listeners. Yeah. 14 masochists with <clears throat> mental problems just like us and if you do get offended by anything in this episode feel free to send us a message on our patreon page <laughs> www.patreon.com slash politics we try and read all of our messages and comments there and we appreciate them all even the rude ones and we do get rude ones mm-hmm. and you know what while you're there go ahead and sign up we offer one hour-long podcast a week for one dollar or you can sign up for two hour-long podcasts a week for $2. No politics, no ads, no structure. Two hours. <laughs> no of- content. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, Zero no fucking rhyme, content. No reason. Mm, no stability. No. No mental acuity. <laughs> no uh, mathematical ability. No skill. No none. Zero. None. It's two hours of complete and utter bullshit, and we're not just saying that, okay? On the last Dollar episode, we talked about running into Ariana Grande and also Shep Rose from Southern Charm at a show in Hollywood. So if you want to hear us name drop ourselves to filth, then get on that Dollar Patreon subscription. We got 14 friends waiting for you to come home. (laughs) Exactly. And you don't want to miss us calling um, celebrities our friends. No, because that's, that's true. That's a big, big part of it. Oh, oh you mean friend, our friend Ariana Grande? Yeah, and our, our friend, friend Shep Rose. Rose. Uh, just our friend Michael Avenatti. Our friend Leah Black. Yeah, our friend Frankie Grande. Our friend. Just all of our friends were there. Our friend Shangela. Oh God, <laughs> that's right. We saw our friend Shangela. <laughs> I forgot about that. Our friend the whore in the cupboard. The ho- the whore in the drawer. Whore in the drawer. Our good friend. Yeah. The whore in the drawer. Um. Oh, we had so many friends. I mean, there. just they're celebrities, and they're all our friends. Mm. So if you like this obnoxiousness, and and you know, also we don't normally sound this hoarse. 
We don't normally do <laughs> well, <laughs> work this at this time of the morning. We're usually sniffing. We have a lot to do today. A lot. It's like we have a real job. Hanukkah is here. It's the second day. We are busy, 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 ignoring and avoiding all the Hanukkah phone calls and presents we're supposed to deal with. I want to give a shout out to my parents and my brother and sister happy hanukkah and also i'm sorry that i wasn't there to enjoy the what apparently was the 16 year unveiling of nana's brownie and strudel that they had had in the freezer for all that time <laughs> and they went and ate now it she can mail night. us that because it's still frozen till and mid so next year <laughs> my sister texted me and she sent me a picture of it and i was like is that the actual is that the actual because it was a whole bananas thing. It's a whole thing. And she said, it's the actual. And I said, well, how, how is it? And she was like, it's pretty good. And I was like, mm, did she only wow. did she only pass to the other side 16 years ago, Nana? That sounds about probably right. Wow, that's not that long ago. I mean, what is that like 2003? That could be about. Oh, for some reason, I imagine that they they moved along. They did their transition <laughs> in the 90s. It's the 2000s, both of them. Oh, well, was the that, men all died in like the 60s. Was that Phil Elegante's mom? <laughs> Phil Elegante's mom. Oh, Gladys. well, Phyllis. And she kept sh- all the all the food is in the freezer. Shout out to sexual Gladys and the Gladys Hurwitz. <laughs> we know that your brownies were the best. The jelly roll. That was my personal fave. She, her jelly roll mm. brings all the boys to the yard. Okay, <laughs> it brought Gladys. This boy to the yard. That's right. <laughs> it brought that boy across from me to the straight up yard. You know Delicious. what? I wish that we were drinking right now at nine in the morning to tip one back to old Gladys. Well, here, here's for Gladys. It's a coffee. coffee. It's a coffee and a mug from Ange Knox. Now, um, I should put some Metamucil in it before <laughs> then really give it yeah, to Nana. <laughs> yeah. Before we get, and you should just for yourself. That's true. Before we get going with the debates, um, we want to thank Renee McCann, oh. who's our Australian, just one of a few. Aussie booze that we have. I mean, we do have a contingent out of the 14. And we, not for nothing, and the, the we are spoiled all year round. And so true. It's certainly the holidays. Uh, they, they, Renee and our other um, listeners and family send us. I, I, I we're just not, we're, the, I, I, I don't, know. I can't believe what people send us. It really allowed me to just completely ignore my whole family. I'm not getting anyone gifts this year. I feel like I get gifts every day. It's so wonderful. It's amazing. It's so sweet. And it's, I, yeah. we're so, so, so sorry for sounding trite. Actually blessed. I mean, like we just, we're so lucky mm-hmm. and we are truly, truly grateful to everyone and yeah. all the treats. And on the bragging tip, <laughs> on the name drop tip, we are going to Australia in Feb. Mm-hmm. Meow Meow has gotten herself a very swanky job through the the wilds and the outback of Australia and New Zealand. So we're heading there in February and Renee sent us a welcome package and the shit is chef's kiss detail after detail after detail renee we already love renee she sent us vegemite yep she gave us the red carpet to australia uh-huh. from the beginning yeah. we've got little koala magnets koala bears australian flags already in the drug den yep I now mean, now we have more Aust- australia tchotchke this time though renee did did a doozy like we're talking t-shirts you did a doozy renee <laughs> I, t- I called Mark up and I said, I can't believe she really said this, Renee. She did it. She, well, she's all, she's great, Paula. <laughs> she's she great, really Paula. Did. She is great, Paula. I mean. She's in so many prizzies. I couldn't believe it, Paula. <laughs> By the way, Renee, Julie got the black, the cool black shirt <laughs> that says Australia yeah. where it would say Jurassic Park. Right. And 
So Julie got that one and we're going to share that one. <laughs> but we got all these cool t-shirts. She sent us a card that says you're fucking amazing. Yes. We love Jamay. We'll frame that. A boomerang. A boomerang. Hello. A boomerang. It's fucking a boomerang. Iconic. Iconic. I mean, the only thing that was not in that box was an enormous knife from Crocodile Dundee. Yeah. Or just an actual live kangaroo. Yeah. <laughs> Like next time a baby kangaroo better show the fuck up here. I love kangaroos. They are silken. Meow Meow and I have touched one. Yes, they're so sweet. I put my hand in the pouch, which is probably like fucking it, but I did it anyway. They Mm. told me to at the thing. Yes. They feel like bunnies. People don't realize how soft they are. They walk the way they lumber around. They're not like deer, which are skittish. They're slow. They they hop. They go. They're they're large bunnies. Yeah, they are. They're huge, large bunny deer. Australian bunnies. They are so cute. And Renee, you're our our Australian bunny. Your baby (laughs) is our Australian bunny. Her. Yeah. And I just, you know, I've been obsessed also with what she put in there, which was a very small weight set just for your fingers. And uh, now, if you don't know, Julie's got major steroid hands. The hands are buff. (laughs) They are they're compact, but they're buff. mm So she's kind of her her hands kind of have Napoleon complex like they're strong yet t- small. Yeah, they're right. they're not tall. Well, it's they're, like my, they're my short. body. They're like they're you know they're like sh- they're squattish. They're squat and very buff, thick. So she's been lifting weights, doing curls, <laughs> doing fucking um, kettlebells. Okay, and if you want to see witness bear witness to that you can go to julie's um twitter which is at mr julie goldman and you can see a video of her going to her tweets and replies because she actually replied to at gay pimp who was doing an actual actual actually workout mm-hmm. and julie did a hand workout and you mm-hmm. know what the hands are they're they're on fleek today they're tight they're swole they're that swole. could be from too much salt but yeah they're they dry are swollen. too there's so many cute things there's cat Here's a little tidbit before we go, because the box is filled with so many. I don't even want to tell people how spoiled we are. Yeah. It's so it was so fun, Renee. It just our Christmas Eve 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 was filled with your gifts. Yeah. In Australia, when they get wounds, when their children get little <laughs> scratchies, yeah, their band aids are like stickers rather than a band. They're like. Like if you got a little cat sticker that was shaped like the cutest cat in the world, like a little cartoon cat that was so cute. And then you just stuck a sticker right on your scratchy. <laughs> and I showed it to mm-hmm. Julie Renee. I was like, look at these. And she's like, oh, my God. <laughs> and then I pulled them out and they're just stickers. But they but they're for wounds. Uh, I can't wait to get wounded. I know they are so cute. And I'm wait. like, Australians are different than us. And I, for one, find that hilarious. <laughs> That's from. They are different. They are different. Brandy. <laughs> we are very different from you, uh, Yanks. We like to have uh, our time with our uh, our stickers. That's what we do. <laughs> stickers. When we have our little uh, little doozles, that's what we call a scratch. We call them a doozle. A doozle. <laughs> yep. She gave us the Vegemite, and we love the fucking Vegemite. I think we have some Australian in the blood, yep. and let's never forget that Phil Elegante and Leon, Doctor Leon Goldman. <laughs> fucking moated us and burned out to Australia after being like what there's no why would we go there there's no Jews there and then they went and I was like your damn parents went without us so thank you Renee you really like we will be finding you in Brisbane Lest I give your address out to everyone. Well, we might be going to B- Babe and Bondi. <laughs> we're going to Bondi. We're going to Bondi Beach. We're, we're finding Babe and Bondi. Babe. 
from Instant Hotel. Instant Hotel. We're going to try to find Mark and Janine. Mark Ma- 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 <laughs> and Janine. <laughs> babe and Bonda. Bonda is going to be some old candy out there. I'm going to parade Julie in front of Babe and she's going to be like, <laughs> does she have a thick deek? And I'm going to be, her deek is so thick, Babe. You don't even want to know how thick her deek is. Let us in your house for a discount. Who's this gentleman? He's short and squat. Looks like a leprechaun. A leprechaun. Man that around here in a while. You are a leprechaun rather than a leprechaun. It's leprechaun from now on. And by the way, Tom Christopherson, it's on with you too. So get it fucking, get it ready, Tom. Get your fucking extra bedroom ready. Get your art studio ready, Tom. We're bringing the drugs. We're sleeping on the floor under the draft table and we're singing you yeah. songs about being a, a born-again nazi tom <laughs> i've always wanted a nude done of myself tom <laughs> a den of myself a, d- a, a nude, nude. <laughs> let's take a babe to tom and pretend tom's got is straight and wants to give his thick deek to babe i want to do a nude with tom christopherson <laughs> <laughs> okay let's get going with the fourth ever dumb gay politics Democratic debate special. When you're running for the White House and you want to get ahead, you got to get attention or else your campaign's dead. Iowa, New Hampshire, it's always been your dream and it might work out just don't become a me. Don't become a me. You gotta keep your image clean. Don't become a me. Some things can't be unseen. Everything you do ends up on YouTube. Everything you do ends up on in your hair don't ever try to speak spanish if you don't know how el hombre del pelequin all right so last thursday pbs news hour who's talking <laughs> wow <laughs> pbs news hour partnered with politico and held the fourth democratic debate <laughs> with all the other major candidates that are left <laughs> wink wink on one stage. So we have Joe Biden, Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders, Pete Buttigieg, Andrew Yang, Amy Klobuchar, and Tom Steyer. Tom Steyer coming out the cut. Tom Steyer. Tom Steyer. Back to you, Tom. Back to you, Tom Steyer. I listen. I mean, I don't see Bloomberg there. I don't see, um, you know, South Park mouth, that guy. He's holding his own. And, you know, obviously Cory Booker didn't Mm -hmm. make it. Yeah. So for this debate special, we pulled the clips and highlights that we found the most interesting or relevant. Okay. There are tons of things we couldn't include in the interest of time. And we're, we're quite frankly, we're already over because we needed to talk about babe and Bondi and Thick Deeks. I mean, we might as well call the Patreon the Thick Deek podcast because that's what you're getting into if you go over there. So there's tons of things we couldn't include. So we apologize in advance if your favorite part or your favorite candidate doesn't get the attention it deserved. Again, send us a hate note on our Patreon page known as Theek Deek, or better yet, <laughs> leave us a bad review on iTunes. A bad review is still a review, and we are all about those numbers, girl. That's right. 
So, the first topic up for discussion was impeachment. And surprise, surprise, they all want Trump impeached. So, we want to start off with Andrew Yang, who manages to inspire and inform, uh, I mean, even on a question as predictable as impeachment. Yeah. He's so good. Um, We think he's going to end up converting libertarians and independents to become Democrats, which will end up helping someone else get elected, but... Guess what? We're here for it, and we're here for it all day long. It's clear why Americans can't agree on impeachment. We're getting our news from different sources, and it's making it hard for us even to agree on basic facts. Congressional approval rating, last I checked, was something like 17%, and Americans don't trust the media networks to tell them the truth. The media networks didn't do us any favors by missing the reason why Donald Trump became our president in the first place. If you turn on cable network news today, you would think he's our president because of some combination of Russia, racism, Facebook, Hillary Clinton, and emails all mixed together. But Americans around the country know different. We blasted away four million manufacturing jobs that were primarily based in Ohio, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Missouri. I just left Iowa. We blasted 40,000 manufacturing jobs there. The more we act like Donald Trump is the cause of all of our problems, the more Americans lose trust that we can actually see what's going on in our communities and solve those problems. What we have to do is we have to stop being obsessed over impeachment, which unfortunately strikes many Americans like a ball game where you know what the score is going to be. True. And start actually digging in and solving the problems that got Donald Trump elected in the first place. We have to take every opportunity to present a new positive vision for the country a new way forward to help beat him in 2020 because make no mistake, he'll be there at the ballot box for us to defeat. Ooh, I like he's a straight shooter. I love how he just he's so easy to listen to. He is very easy to listen to. And he speaks to he speaks from our point of view. Yeah. Like just easily our point of view. Yeah, it's true. And I feel like I learned so much from him. And that's one thing for you guys to keep in mind this whole time. The clips, a lot of the clips we pulled, we were waiting to hear something that we hadn't heard yeah. in a way we hadn't heard it. And that's why Tom Steyer is actually, unfortunately, he's in this more <laughs> than Pete Buttigieg, or I would say equal, yeah. because Tom Steyer, for all, you know, on the level of Andrew Yang, he also is going to convert people because he's dropping knowledge that other people aren't dropping. Right. These people are career politicians, so they, they're kind of, they've been trained to sort of just speak in certain phrasings and and they've been they've they're they've just been told to talk to the public in a certain way whereas tom steyer and andrew yang are coming from a place of like this is what's up like as far as right and here's a here's a tidbit you might not know about theranium right dranium yeah it doesn't it's toxic it's like they're none of none of them went in in like that and i feel like and i i remember that with obama i remember feeling like wow he really doesn't try and dumb things down he's saying he's he was just explaining things and i remember finding it really interesting to just listen to him explain things so right from their opening statements and their opening bullshit about impeachment they moved to the economy which um is interesting because that's going to be the whole that's going to be supposedly the whole thing that that's going to be the issue of the election right because trump is going to go on and trump is going to continually say the stock market's amazing. Jobs are up. My African-Americans have lots of jobs. Right. My women are this. The jobs, the numbers, the numbers, the numbers. And that's going to be one of these people better be able to answer to that because the economy isn't bad. It's pretty good. Right. So we'll start with Joe Biden. 
But this one I'm going to initially address to Vice President Biden, and that is the overall U.S. economy right now looks strong. The unemployment rate is at historic lows. Uh, unemployment among African Americans is down. The markets are booming. Wages, uh, while not growing as much as many would like, they're still doing about as well as they were in the Obama uh, Biden era. My question to you, Mr. Vice President, is what is your argument to the voter watching this debate tonight who may not like everything President Trump does, but they really like this economy and they don't know why they should make a change? Well, I don't think they really do like the economy. Go back and talk to the old Ooh. neighbors in the middle class neighborhood you grew up That's in. That's right. Middle class is getting killed. Killed. Middle class is getting crushed. Crushed. And the working class has no way up as a no consequence of that. You have, for example, farmers in the Midwest, 40 percent of them could pay, couldn't pay their bills last year. You have most Americans, if they received a bill for $400 or more, they'd have to sell something or borrow the money. The middle class is not as behind the eight ball. We have to make sure that they have an even shot. We have to eliminate significant number of these god-awful tax cuts that were given to the very wealthy. We have to invest in education. We have to invest in, 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 in health care. We have to invest in those things that make a difference in the lives of middle-class people so they can maintain their standard of living. That's not being done. And the idea that we're growing, we're not growing. The wealthy, very wealthy are growing. Right. Ordinary people are not growing. They are not happy with where they are. And that's why we must change this presidency now. Absolutely I mean, that's, true. What, that's what's up. And that's why when people who are in, who are blue collar people or not rich people who are for Trump, that's why you go. But why? Yeah. You, cl- you exactly what Joe Biden said. You are not you have not a path forward. No, you are stuck. So what is the problem? OK, so let's go to Andrew Yang because he he speaks to it. Well, GDP and corporate profits are at record highs in America today. Also at record highs, depression, financial insecurity, student loan debt. Mm-hmm. So true. Even suicides and drug overdoses. So it true. It has gotten yep. so bad that our life expectancy as a country has declined for the last three years because suicides and drug overdoses have overtaken vehicle deaths for the first time oh in American God. history. That is outrageous. The fact is, this unemployment rate and GDP have very little relationship with people's lived experience on the ground. If you're a recent college graduate, you have a 40% chance of doing a job that doesn't require a college degree. Check. That doesn't show up mm. in the headline unemployment rate, nor does all of the families that are working two or three jobs to get by. Exactly. And you want them to also be putting in credit card debt. I heard somebody say, um, one of the candidate candidates said the other day that people, I think it was Joe Biden, said that people were seeing a, a, a tick in people being unable to pay their car payments. Like, yeah, there's major, major what keeps like the economy afloat. Car payments, mortgages, student loans, credit card debt, making your minimum payments every month. People can't do it now. No. And it's and it's so living month to month. Now, the reason Andrew Yang sort of cut off abruptly is because um, he could see Elizabeth Warren raise her hand during while he was speaking and he cut off so that she could talk. That's how much I love him. I just love him so much. <laughs> so now here's Elizabeth Warren r- directly from Andrew Yang. You have your hand up. I do. And I have a question for you. Well, I, I want to ask Go ahead. this question. Go ahead. Because here's the problem. I'm proud to stand on a stage with Democrats who understand that a rising GDP, rising corporate profits is not being felt by millions of families across this country. I'm proud to stand on a stage with people who see that America's middle class is being hollowed out and that working families and, they do and all see poor that. people are being left We're behind. Lucky. Yeah, what we need to talk true. about, though, is 
why that has happened. And the answer is we've got a government that works great for those with money and doesn't work for much of anyone else. Yeah, listen we up, have a government that works great for giant drug companies, just not for someone trying to fill a prescription. Works great for people who want to make money at private prisons and private detention centers at our border, just not for the people whose lives are torn apart. Works great for giant oil companies that want to drill everywhere, but not for the rest of us who see climate change bearing down upon us. And when you see a government that works great for the wealthy and the well-connected and for no one else, that is corruption, pure and simple, and we need to call it out for what it is. I want Okay. Now you'll notice that, just a side note, I with the clips and the what you'll hear people, you'll hear voices. Yeah. I think it's the host not realizing their mics are on because well, it I happens she, a lot. Yeah. I think she was so subtly trying to interrupt her, but they, they did so good. Um, PBS, leave it to PBS. Like just when you think of PBS, you just think of people being quiet. Yeah. I mean, you just <laughs> yeah, do. It's like, or do they talk in dulcet tones and shit? So they do really good at, at well at not interrupting anyone. So, and when they do try, it's like that. Uh, okay. Right. Uh, and not, okay. And the, and, right. the, and it's, it was such a breath of fucking fresh air that they could speak longer and finish their sentences. Okay. So now we have Bernie Sanders on the economy. We, you know, we wanted to hear from, from the stars. Senator Sanders, if you would, a brief response. And then I have another question. Look, here's the response. And then Trump goes around sure saying the economy is doing great. You know what? Real inflation accounted for wages went up last year. 1.1%. That ain't great. Tonight, while three people own more wealth than the bottom the comic stylings of, of Bernie Sanders. I mean, he's hilarious. Straight up hilarious. Including 30,000 veterans are sleeping out on the streets. Today in America, we have the highest rate of childhood poverty of almost any major country on earth. More income and wealth inequality since than since the 1920s. Oh my we need God. an economy that works for working families, not just the one percent. That is what our campaign is about. She, she goes on to um, Elizabeth Warren and and asks her an interesting question right there. Every candidate on the stage has proposed tax increases on the wealthy, <clears throat> but you have especially ambitious plans that, apart from health care, would hike taxes an additional eight trillion dollars over the decade the biggest tax increase in since world war ii how do you answer top economists who say taxes of this magnitude would stifle growth and investment oh they're just wrong genius (laughs) genius talk about dropping the mic she does it so much the crowd goes crazy they're in la by the way with the wealth tax the idea of a two cent tax on the great fortunes in this country, $50 million and above. For two cents, what can we do? We can invest in the rest of America. We can provide universal childcare, early childhood education for every baby in this country age zero to five. Universal pre-K for every three-year-old and four-year-old and raise the wages of every childcare worker and preschool teacher. We can do even more for our public schools, for college graduates. We can cancel student loan debt. But think about the economic impact of that. You leave two cents with the billionaires, they're not eating more pizzas. They're not buying more cars. We invest that 2% 
in early childhood education and child care, that means those babies get top-notch care. It means their mamas can finish their education. It Bishop, means their uh, mamas and their daddies uh, can take on uh, real jobs, harder wait, jobs, longer hours, and I, we can but, increase productivity uh, in uh, this you, country, and but, we can start but, but, building uh, this economy from the ground up. That's how we build it in small towns. That's Vera. how we build it in but rural America, and that's how we build it Vera. in urban America, <laughs> an economy that works <laughs> you, for Wall Street, but that works for Main responses. Okay, so we probably would have ended it there, but Tom Steyer, he brought up something that I, I hadn't thought of, um, I guess, technically. So I, I thought what, what he had to say was interesting. So, so let's check in. Let me say... That I agree with Senator Warren in much of what she says. I've been for a wealth tax for over a year. I'm in favor of undoing all the tax breaks for rich people and big corporations that this administration has put through. And in addition, I've talked about equilibrating the taxes on passive investment income, which would allow us to cut taxes for 95% of Americans by 10%. I like that word. But there's something else going on here that I think is really important. This and that's is cool. them writing. We know Mr. Trump's going to run on the economy. I built a business over 30 years from scratch. We're going to have to take him on on the economy in terms of growth as well as economic justice. Not just We're justice. We're going to have to be able to talk about growth, growth right. prosperity across the board. Thank you, for Tom. We'll all pick that up now. My experience. <laughs> yes. Every other candidate will do that understanding now. Understanding how to. Make that happen means I can go toe to toe with no, Mr. Trump. No, nobody's believing you. We all we all fell for that with and Trump. Expose him as a exactly. fraud and a failure. And I think that's different from the other people on this stage. I think we need a different, unconventional way of attacking a different, unconventional president who actually went after the mayor, best prepared candidate in American history, and beat her. That's mayor. a good point too. Now, the if they're not all meeting after these things, like okay. Tom, you definitely are going to be, we're going to have you in the administration yeah. and we're going to have you do, we're going to have a growth department right. or a climate growth department right. or whatever. And you, that, that's what you're going to do. Cause well, that's what head you up, should be doing. You're not president, Tom. You're going to use climate change to cause economic growth in our country. Yes. Do that. So that's and then your big thing. Pete Buttigieg, you're going to do what you're going to do and everyone's right. going to have their jobs, but the president is going to be probably most likely Joe Biden. <laughs> yeah, and and then Vice President's going to be Kamala Harris, and we're right. going to be here motherfucking for it. Okay, so now we move on. Speaking of Tom Steyer and his hard-on for the um, environment, they move on to climate. Um, I love the way that – I love the way they, they organized this this debate, too. We were supposed to go live. We we don't have as many good, famous friends as we thought. <laughs> that's for sure. Fucking L.A., man. You can't get tickets to anything here. No. But Leah Black did get us one, and – we didn't want to choose like the dingo ate my baby. No, um, Sophie's choice. Yeah, Sophie's choice. Mm. Wrong, wrong, disturbing <laughs> movie about a child. So we just didn't go. But I love the way PBS and Politico did this debate and and the way they set it up. So the next one is climate, and we will begin with Joe Biden. Vice President Biden, I'd like to ask you. Three consecutive American presidents have enjoyed stints of explosive economic growth due to a boom in oil and natural gas production. As president, would you be willing to sacrifice some of that growth, even knowing potentially that it could displace thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of blue collar workers in the interest of transitioning to that greener economy? The answer is yes. The answer is yes, because the opportunity, the opportunity for those workers to transition to high paying jobs 
Tom said, is real. We're the only country in the world that's ever taken great, great crises and turned them into enormous opportunities. I've met with the union leaders. For example, we should, in fact, be making that, making sure right now that every new building built is energy contained. Mm -hmm. that it doesn't yeah, obviously. Energy, that I in mean, fact, we, we should be providing tax credits for people to be able to make their homes turn to solar power. Mm -hmm. yep. there, there's all kinds of folks out here right here yep. in California. Yep. Yep. We're now yep. on the yep. verge of having batteries that are about the size of the top of this podium that you can store energy mm. when, in fact, the wind isn't blowing and, and the sun isn't shining. We have enormous opportunities. For example, you talk about would we relocate people who, in fact, were in a position where they lost their home. We have to not rebuild the standard that existed before when we talk about we would come in and help people. We have to rebuild the standard that exists today. For example, we shouldn't build another new highway in America that doesn't have charging stations on it. We have an opportunity to put 550,000 charging stations so that we own the electrical vehicle market, creating millions electrical? of jobs. Vehicle? Electrical? Electrical vehicle. That, when the well wind doesn't blow sure and the sun doesn't shine. <laughs> like, it's raining today many things we in can L.A. Do. And we have to make sure we explain it to those people who are displaced that their skills are... Joe Biden showed up, honey. He did. Thank you, Vice President Biden. He did. He did. He, he explained it well. He and and the fact that we can't be afraid of saying you're going to lose, lose your, job, bitch. your job. I have to. We've had a million jobs. We've we lost have to accommodate our, all of our jobs, losing <laughs> a job. And I'm sorry. It sucks. Believe me. We know better than anyone else to yep. lose a job and have to then learn something new and have to go do something else and whatever. We don't have pension. I don't have a pension. I, I don't do. have shit. So, I do. <laughs> yeah, but we understand that that's hard to have to lose a job, get a job, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, Cole, see you later. P like, you have to learn to do something new. I'm sorry. And it's just like your manufacturing jobs are going to other places because of Trump. We And we, yeah, and we, and, and we, trade. We just have to evolve and it has to, the transitions are always hard and we've all been there and we're, we're still there. So, um, okay. So then they go to Bernie Sanders, who of course lets them know that the question is wrong. He does that several <laughs> times throughout the night and that's why he's goddamn hilarious. <laughs> Senator Sanders, Tim, in all due respect, your question misses the mark. It is not an issue of relocating people in towns. The issue now is whether we save the planet for our children. But it is kind of a question, a, a, an immediate the question of relocating people that costs money and it's immediate. It's like you don't take it and turn it into the biggest. They have this is why Bernie's not, wouldn't be a good president. Severity of actually. change. You're talking about the Paris Agreement. That's like, bro, fine. we got to deal with Ain't it enough. immediate. We have got to, and I've introduced legislation to do this, declare a national emergency. The United States has got to lead the world. And maybe, just maybe, instead of spending $1.8 a year globally on weapons of destruction, maybe an American president, i.e. Bernie Sanders, can lead <laughs> the world... Instead of spending the crowd's laughing, like I love it. To kill each other, maybe we pool our resources and fight our common enemy, you, which Sanders. is climate change. Thank you, Senator Sanders. Tim, don't start interrupting I people. Know. I mean, this is why this is a perfect example of like he's he's his heart's in the right place. He's saying right the right things, but as president and as when you have to deal with now you're dealing with climate change, you are dealing with an existential crisis, but you're also dealing with a with a local right. specific 
problem of people needing to make money. Right. So you have to deal with both of those things. And it's things. not, and in this case, it's people needing to relocate. And it's, you know, there's the macro problem and then there's the micro problem mm-hmm. and the microcosm. And it's like, it's it's immediate, it's now. And there are people with that question. So you can't tell Tim with all due, the question is wrong. It's like, no, people have this question and it deserves to be answered. Yes. So is your answer yes or no? You're going to relocate people or you're not going to. Right. And many of them did answer it. You can see this subtle nuanced difference between people who are specifically attacking the big problem and the local problem as opposed to just the existential problem which is what bernie's having some blinders on and he's that's and you what, know another person who does that is pete Buttigieg. and pete Buttigieg does that too and i think that that's also a problem with the extreme liberal you know the green new deal and all that stuff that those are the people following him and it's like you you need to rein it in a little bit because yes the big 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 huge problem is uh, is an actual problem but people specific living life day to day is also a problem and you have to as president deal with and i'm sorry deal with both you do have to deal with both but also i think just on that note as far as with pete Buttigieg, i think that the that the people who follow politics have we've become while we might be new to this and i speak for myself we've also become more savvy in people who talk in like i said before and you're giving like a phraseology and you're mm-hmm. you're talking you're talking in concepts and you're not talking right. in specifics right. and we don't want to hear just you know nice sentiments we want to hear plans we want to hear specific information we want to learn when we're and we want to understand that you know what you're talking about and not just that things are bad and this is why we want to know what are you going to do how are you going to do it and at this point especially we all know you all don't like donald trump you all think climate change is real you're all for fucking people's rights right you all think we should all come together great awesome good we all like all of you now what we we have to vote upon what exactly your plan is and pete don't have any it, as it seems to us. So now let's listen to Elizabeth Warren, who comes with a plan, <laughs> I mean, a specific plan. To you, Senator Warren, many of our Western allies rely heavily on nuclear energy because it's efficient, affordable, and virtually carbon-free. And many climate experts believe that it's impossible to realize your goal of net zero emissions by the year 2050 without utilizing nuclear energy. So can you have it both ways on this issue? So. I see it right now is we've got to get the carbon. We've got to stop putting more carbon into the air. We've got to get the carbon out of the air and out of the water. And that means that we need to keep some of our nuclear in place. I will not build more nuclear. I want to put the energy, literally, and the money and the resources behind clean energy and by increasing by tenfold what we put into science, what we put into research and development. We need to do what we do best, and that is innovate our way out of this problem and be a world leader. But understand, the biggest climate problem we face is the politicians in Washington who keep saying the right thing, but continue to take money from the oil industry, continue to bow down to the lobbyists, to the lawyers, to the think tanks, to the bought and paid for experts, America understands that we've got to make change and we're running out of time. That climate change threatens every living thing on this planet. But getting Congress to act, you know, they just don't want to hear it. And if we don't attack the corruption first, if we don't attack the corruption head on, then we're not going to be able to make the changes we need to make on climate, on gun safety, on drug pricing, on all of the big problems that face us. Thank you. We need a Washington that doesn't just work for the rich and the powerful. We need one that works for our families. 
Okay. <laughs> and then Andrew Yang comes. He he follows up the original question about relocating families because of climate change and was completely genius. First, we should obviously be paying to relocate Americans away from places that are hit by climate change. We're already doing it. We relocated a town in Louisiana that became uninhabitable because the sea levels rose. And we know that town is not alone. That's playing out in coastal areas around the country. The question is, do you leave that town on its own to fend for itself, or do you come together as a country and say, we need to protect our people from climate change? Part of my plan is literally called move people to higher ground. Plan. Because that's what we need to do. In place. And that's literal and figurative. Here in California, it's forest fires and forest management. On nuclear power, I agree with the research. We need to have everything on the table in a crisis situation, which this is. Other countries have had success with nuclear power, and the next generation thorium reactors have a wealth of potential. Thorium is not radioactive the way uranium is. It doesn't last as long, and you can't make a weapon out of it. Worse, if we're going to innovate our way out of this, as you, Elizabeth Yang. is saying, then we have to have nuclear on the table. I mean, I'm sorry. You're bringing some sort of thorium to the table? Who? <laughs> and then always calls back into Elizabeth like, I'm going to tell you right now, my fucking vagina will explode <laughs> all over this room if she takes. There's several moments of chemistry between mm. her and Andrew Yang. Mm -hmm. And later you guys will hear that. he Or no, I don't think we play it. But later on in the debate, he mentions that she's reading his book. Oh, right. And I just looked at Meow Meow and almost fell into her arms and wept. <laughs> I was like, if she takes Andrew Yang, I will be like this. Joe Biden who Kamala who I'm sorry but I live for Andrew Yang yeah. and live for Elizabeth Warren yep. and and I also live for Biden Biden Harris but yeah. like woo that'll be hard so then with the thorium light bulb going off mm -hmm. suddenly we're like yeah thorium the reactors they're not as radioactive and um as as, as yeah, we need it for plutonium. the flux capacitor right and I mean okay so here comes Tom Steyer dropping some knowledge regarding thorium put on climate to you Mr. Steyer Look, the, the point about nuclear power is it's not at a stage in the United States where it's competitive on price. It has a lot of risks to it in terms of disasters, and we have no ability to store the toxins that come out of it and last 100,000 years. We actually have the technology that we need. It's called wind and solar and batteries. So in fact, what we need to do, we can do. We've got to stop taking a look at this as something that we can't do because we can do this. And we can do it in a way that creates, rebuilds this country on an accelerated basis, creates millions of union jobs, and we come at it from the standpoint of environmental justice. This is our greatest opportunity to reinvent this country, Thank to you, actually Sarah. take on the biggest challenge in history and succeed together. You want to pull the country together with all this partisanship? Let's take on the biggest challenge in history and succeed together as a nation. That's what pulls people Thank together. Thank you, Mr. Steyer. Well, Republicans don't care about climate change no i mean sorry those, none of those old motherfuckers are gonna be alive in 2050 and i don't even think even megan mccain showed her ass doesn't believe climate change is like that who cares it's not that important it's not whatever and they don't want anything regulated it's it's such a sign of somebody it, it seems like a sign right now of somebody being of lower intelligence yeah like oh right i mean not right. for nothing with all due you believe in the bible and you don't believe in climate change right. i literally can't with you yeah and it's that, embarrassing and that's why how do you have how are you supposed to have a conversation? How are you supposed to get anything done when you're dealing with somebody yeah, who believes in the Bible and doesn't believe in climate change? You can't get anything done with that person. I mean, if anything, I'm going to be saying thorium all over town just to sound all like I fucking town. am the shit and I'm so smart. Oh, look it up. 
<laughs> thorium <did. laughs> it's a word look it up so okay now we go to race which i always love for me it's the climate change right now it's 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 the most immediate problem we've got going is is discrimination in all forms and we got to have somebody there that gets it is on it and is ready to fucking make some heads roll here's joe biden with a question about him saying things will go back to normal after Trump and them sort of asking him, like, what do you mean by that? Vice President Biden. Yes. You've been reassuring voters that things will return to normal once President Trump leaves office, that Republicans will have what you call an epiphany and come to the table to work with a Biden administration. But given everything that you have seen from current Republicans, what evidence is there that things will change? Look, I didn't say return to normal. Normal's not enough. Normal, in fact, we have to move beyond normal, whether it's health care, the environment, whatever it is. We have to build on what we had started in our administration, and that's been interrupted very badly, number one. Number two, with Trump out of the way, it's not going to change things in a, in, in a fundamental way, but what it will do is it will mean that we're in a position where he's not going to be able to intimidate the base, his base is not going to be intimidate those half a dozen Republicans we may need in other things. I refuse to accept the notion, as some on this stage do, that we can never, never get to a place where we have cooperation again. If that's the case, we're dead as a country. We need to be able to reach consensus. And if anyone has reason to be angry with the Republicans and not want to cooperate, it's me, the way they've attacked me and my son and my family. I have no... That's no, true. No love. But no good. Love, Maybe he'll be fucking mad at them to, now if he goes there again. Get things done, and when we can't convince them, we go out and beat them like we did <laughs> with in the clubs. Yeah, <laughs> and go- golf clubs actually. <laughs> well, after they're done golfing, we rip it out of their Lindsey Graham's hand and we beat them with them. Now that was like loosely related to just discrimination, and mm-hmm. you know. But here's Andrew Yang talking about being the only candidate of color. The Democratic Party relies on Black, Hispanic, and Asian voters. But you are the only candidate of color on the stage tonight, and the entire field remains overwhelmingly white. What message do you think this sends to voters of color? It's both an honor and disappointment to be the lone candidate of color on the stage tonight. I miss Kamala. I miss Corey, <laughs> though I think Corey will be back. I love Andrea. I mean, just love. I grew up the son of immigrants, uh, and I had many racial epithets used against me as a kid. But black and Latinos have something much more powerful working against them than words. They have numbers. The average net worth of a black household is only 10% that of a white household. For Latinos, it's 12%. If you are a black woman, you're 320% more likely to die from complications in childbirth. Mm. These are the numbers that define race in our country. And the question is, why am I the lone candidate of color on this stage? Fewer than 5% of Americans donate to political campaigns. Mm -hmm. You know what you need to donate to political campaigns? Money. Disposable income. Exactly. so smart. Exactly. The way we fix this is we take Martin Luther King's message of a guaranteed minimum income, a freedom dividend of $1,000 a month for all Americans. I guarantee if we had a freedom dividend of $1,000 a month, I would not be the only candidate of color on this stage tonight. Yeah, and everybody be high. Okay. <laughs> Including exactly. us. There'd be no candidates on that stage because everyone will be high. Yeah. So then they go to Bernie Sanders and he wants to bring it back to climate, even though he already <laughs> weighed in on climate. Um, not his best moment of the night. Um, 
so well, we wanted to play it because it was kind of a highlight anyway. And so if you missed the debates and we're assuming everyone did because it was all impeachment all day long, every day last week. He wanted to bring it back to climate and they wanted to say, no, bitch. No. <laughs> we want to put the same question to you, Senator Sanders. What message do you think? I'm that question, but I wanted to get back to the issue of climate change for a moment because I do believe this is the existential People are rumbling. Issue. You can hear people Senator, rumbling. Like, respect, this question is about race. Can you answer the question as it was asked? Oh, certainly can. Because people of color, he turned beat red. Are going to be the people suffering most if we do not deal with climate change. And by the way, we have an obligation up here. If there are not any of our African American brothers and sisters up here to speak Help. about an economy in which African-Americans are exploited, where black women die three times at higher rates than white women, where we have a criminal justice system which is racist and broken, disproportionately made up of African-Americans and Latinos and Native Americans who are in jail. So we need an economy that focuses on the needs of oppressed exploited people and that is the african-american community okay so now they move on to foreign policy which in all the other debates ma'am now we have left out because it's all different bring our troops home and tulsi gabbard and her bag of bullshit first bernie sanders addresses israel and palestine which is always interesting and then and has also become even more of a relevant issue with jared kushner and his fucking netanyahu benjamin netanyahu fucking whatever his name is bb yeah, be, with him and his BB love affair and uh-huh. fucking everything and that corruption and moving the embassy in Israel and all the fucking shit that the Trump administration has done regarding Israel. So that's that is a really relevant question to all of us, even if you like to bury your head in the sand like me. And then they go on to discuss China, which is real, real important because China yeah. is what's up like Israel mm-hmm. and Palestine can go like continue living on in their in their situation that they've been done living in this <laughs> right. china thing is it's getting hot in the chinese kitchen okay at the chinese it's getting restaurant. hot in the walk yeah it's getting hot in the walk it's getting hot in the walk it's getting hot at the panda express the hot. orange chicken's getting burned <laughs> it's getting hot. and god knows that orange chicken can get way too hot and burn your fucking mouth pps side note sidebar btw tulsi gabbard in the impeachment um at the house she voted present yeah she didn't vote no she didn't vote yes she can fuck off she's done done she is now fucking done so here's bernie sanders on israel and palestine let's now turn to the issue of foreign policy and the middle east senator sanders secretary of state mike pompeo recently declared that the united states believes israeli settlements in the west bank do not violate international law that broke decades-long u.s precedent how would you respond to Israeli expansion of settlements? Would you link that to foreign aid to Israel? Israel has, and I say this as somebody who lived in Israel as a kid. I found that interesting. Proudly yeah. Jewish. We know. Israel has. <laughs> no, we can, hear it. Exist, we can hear it and see it. <laughs> peace and security. But what, but what U.S. People. foreign policy must be about is not just being pro-Israel, we must be pro-Palestinian as well. <laughs> it's you laughing. And whether, in my view, we must understand that right now in Israel, we have leadership under Netanyahu, 
who has recently, as you know, been indicted for bribery, mm. who in my view is a racist. Mm -hmm. What we need is a level playing field in terms of the Middle East, which addresses the terrible crisis in Gaza, where 60 or 70 percent of the young people are unemployed. So what my foreign policy will be about is human rights, is democracy, is bringing people together in a peaceful way, trying to negotiate agreements, not endless wars with trillions of dollars of expenses. Thank you, Senator. Yeah, I, 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 he's right. When you come as, to Israel, as a Jew, Jewess, I am a proud Jew. I have uh, not lived in Israel. <laughs> However, I, I mean, I'm yeah, I'm Jewish, and I also. I believe that Israel has a right to exist and there should be a state of Israel. I believe that. I believe that Palestinians should also have their state too. Um, I think that Benjamin Netanyahu is a fucking, is like Trump. He's Benjamin Netanyahu Trump. And those settlements are absolutely wrong and they need to fucking stop the shit. And Mike Pompeo and all these people, they are doing a, their policy on Israel now isn't just pro-Israel. It's very, 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 very racist and it's unfair and it's not equal. And it's they're 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 doing more damage. They're doing way more damage. Well, he lost me at Gaza. Anything. I'm just like, oh, googly eyes. But it's it is important. And it's also for just for you guys to know, like this is all this has Trump all over it. Specifically, nobody can go back and blame Obama and the Obama administration for anything. This is all Trump, Trump, Trump. So this is Trump. That's why that's in there. OK, so now we're going to move to a question about the possible war. I would call the inevitable war that we're going to have with China. Mm -hmm. And first, Joe Biden weighs in on that. They have just launched a new aircraft carrier. There are new signs of their disturbing espionage campaign here inside the United States. Uh, there are a number of disturbing signs from the Chinese. National security scholars have long warned about the historical precedent that when there's a ruling power yeah, they're spying and a rising on power, there are cell there's likely to be a war. Is the U.S. on a collision course yes. with China? It's what not, steps could you take as president? It's a collision course with China, but not for war. What we have to make clear is that we, in fact, are not going to abide by oh, How do we make done. that clear? A million Kick their cell Uyghurs, phones out of as here. you pointed out, Muslims, are in concentration camps. That's what they Talking are about right the Uyghurs. Now. They're being abused. They're in concentration camps. And what we started true. in our administration, that Trump stopped, we should be moving 60% of our sea power to that area of the world to let, in fact, the Chinese understand that they're not going to go any further. We are going to be there to protect other folks. Secondly, we, in fact, should make sure that we begin to have rebuild our alliances, which Trump has de demolished with Japan and South Korea, Australia and all and Indonesia. We, in fact, need to have allies who understand that we're going to stop the Chinese from their actions. We should be gone to the U.N. immediately and sought sanctions against them in the United Nations for what they did. We have to be firm. We don't have to go to war, but we have to make it clear this is as far as you go, China. And in terms of their military buildup, it's real. But it would take them about 17 years to build up to we are. We're not looking for a war, but we've got to make clear we are Pacific power and we are not going to back away. That was informative. It wasn't informative so to take them 17 years so that's good to hear but i get i get a, a fatigued of people we need to make this clear we need to come together it's like what there's right. there's no way to make it clear and without fucking straight bombing the ass you well, know what and I mean? also what and how do you make something clear when you're sending 
when we sell like a million soybeans to them, when they also make half our shit there, where half of our companies are manufacturing out of China, where yeah. we allow and enable and completely accommodate child slavery and all of these exactly. things, we allow all of those things to happen. And for whatever, and now we're in some standoff with China where they, and we owe them like a trillion dollars. Exactly. They owe our day. They, 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 they own our debt. So it's like, yeah, we're frenemies with China and they're slowly and systematically creating a situation where they will cr- want to crush yeah, us. Yeah, and they will own us. And let listen to what Andrew Yang has to say about it because this almost gave me a goddamn heart attack. I have family in Hong Kong. I spent four months there and seeing what's happening on the streets. We did too. Uh, it's shocking. <laughs> they banned face masks in Hong Kong. Why? because they have AI technology that now is using facial recognition to identify protesters if they so much as do anything on can the street that? so mm-hmm. they can follow up with them. Uh, Everyone wears a mask. Detain them later. Now they they're, can't. They're worse this than is Russia. the rivalry that we have like, to win where China's concerned. They're, they're in the process of leapfrogging us in AI because they have more data than we do and their government is subsidizing it to the tune of tens of billions of dollars. I have sat with our leading technologists and they say they cannot match the Chinese resources. China just produced its first major smartphone that does not have Google apps, and it is now trying to export its technology to the rest of the world. What we have to do is build an international coalition to set technology standards, and then you can bring the Chinese to the table in a very real way, because this is their top priority, and this is where we need to outcompete them and win. If they, I mean, if they take over technology, and they've already been, it's been clear they were going to do that. They, they do not let... The are one of our main exports is technology. They don't let they don't have Facebook. The only thing they're even letting creep in there is WhatsApp. And even then they, right. they have to use it like criminals. We know we lived in Asia this year <laughs> for like six weeks. So we know we're experts. They're communists. They own their there. I know that everyone wants to be like North Korea, North Korea, North Korea. And that's true. But China, much like Russia, contains what their people know how they know the information they have and they collect all the data from them so they keep them in a the people are contained in both directions they're controlled and what you know what i mean like they're it's the only airport so. where i've ever had something confiscated and i had something confiscated both ways in and out right and like technology confiscated but then pretending like they're not that's what's so fucked up yeah. with china russia not so much russia's just pretty much like we got to do on you. China's <laughs> pretending like they're 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 being normal. Right. But they're not. No. They now have our it's facial so recognition shady. software yeah. on us. So it's beyond shady. The shade of them is beyond. So then we move on to age and gender, Ugh. which is always a horrible conversation. But everybody's got their little jokey joke, 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 joke jokes going on. So so we'll begin with Bernie Sanders. Let's make things interesting. Former President Obama said this week when asked who should be running countries that if women were in charge, you'd see a significant improvement on just about everything. That's true. I mean, hands down. It's just true. Thank you, Obama. Not me. I wouldn't be in the administration, but it is true. If you look at the world and look at the problems, it's usually old people, usually old men, not getting out of the way. True also. Obama. I mean, Senator Sanders, you are the oldest candidate on stage this evening. And I'm white as well. (laughs) Was anyone talking about that? No. Jewish. I got a lot of respect for Barack Obama. I think I disagree with him on this one. Maybe a little self serving, but I do disagree. Here is the issue the issue is 
where power resides in America. And it's not white or black or male or female. No, it's white and We are living male. in a nation increasingly becoming I mean, an oligarchy, where you have a handful of billionaires who spend hundreds of millions of dollars buying elections and that's politicians. True. You have more income and wealth inequality today than any time since the 1920s. Second time you said that. We are the only mm-hmm. major country on earth not to guarantee health care for all people, which is why we need Medicare for all. We are facing an existential crisis of climate change. The issue is not old or young, male or female. The issue is working people standing up, taking on the the billionaire class and creating a government and economy that works for all, not just the 1%. But again, he's not wrong, but he's not right. So... Yes. Well, he didn't address the issue. He said that's not the issue. That's his classic move is that's not the issue. You're asking the wrong question. Right. But it is part of the issue. Yeah, it's definitely the issue. I mean, sorry. It's been the issue, which is why the the conversation about age and gender continues to come up. Of course. So now they move to Joe Biden, also old white man. (laughs) Yes, that uh, President Obama did not clear that remark through your campaign ahead of time. And what, I'm gonna what, guess what do you say he, to him? And I'm going to guess he wasn't talking about me either. Okay. Then he gets like a mischievous Number smile, one. which is cute. Look, yeah. I'm running. I'm running because I've been around. On my experience. With experience, hopefully comes judgment and a little bit of wisdom. The fact is that we're in a position now, the next president of the United States is going to inherit two things. Economy that is out of kilter and a, dem- and a domestic policy that needs to be, u- we have to unite America. And a foreign policy that requires somebody to be able on day one, stand up, look out, the entire world, know who that person is, know what they stand for, and know they know them. And that's what I, that's the reason I'm running. I yeah. have more experience in doing that than anybody on this stage. Just to follow up, Vice President Biden, if elected, if elected, you would turn 82 at the end of your first term. You'd be the oldest president in American history. Are like you Winston willing, Churchill. Are you willing to oh. commit... American history. American history. Yes. Are, are you I was w- joking. That was a oh, joke. Okay. Right. <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah, Tim. Politico Tim. doesn't have much of a sense of humor. Oh, we've got a great sense of humor. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, Hilarious, Tim. Otherwise. Are you willing to commit tonight to running for a second term if you're elected next November? No, I'm not willing to commit one way or another. Here's the deal. I'm not going to one term yet. And let's see where we are. Let's see what happens. So happy for Joe Biden. Yeah. So, so happy. And now we go to Elizabeth Warren, who basically just spanks them all. Senator Warren, you would be the oldest president ever inaugurated. I'd like you to weigh in as well. Uh, I'd also be the youngest woman ever inaugurated. (laughs) And she smiles, and it's so cute, too. She is just like... I think that we're finding more and more of a a ball-busting fucking... Iron Lady she is. Yeah. I believe that President Obama was talking about who has power in America, whose voices get heard. I believe he's talking about women and people of color and trans people and people whose She's voices answering just the question. so often get shoved out. And for me, the best way to understand that is look at how people are running their campaigns in 2020. Here we go. You know, I made the decision <laughs> when I decided to run not to do business as usual. And now I'm crowding in on 100,000 selfies. That's 100,000 hugs and handshakes and stories. Stories from people who are struggling with student loan debt. Stories from people who can't pay their medical bills. Stories 
from people who can't find childcare. Now, most of the people on the stage run a traditional campaign. And that means going back and forth from coast to coast to rich people and people who can put up 5,000 bucks or more in order to have a picture taken, in order to have a conversation, and in order maybe to be considered to be an ambassador. Thank you, Senator Those Warren. Those selfies, no, I wanna finish this. Those selfies <laughs> cost nobody anything. And I get it, in a democracy, we all have a lot of different points of view and everybody gets one vote, but here's the thing. People who can put down $5,000 to have a picture taken don't have the same priorities so true. as people who are struggling with student loan debt or are struggling to pay off medical debt. I, I want, I'm running a campaign where people whose voices get heard. We can't have, Thank you, Senator Warren. We can't Shut have up, Tim. people who can put down $5,000 for a check, drown out the voices of everyone That's else. That's fucking right. don't in my campaign and they Mayor won't Buttigieg. in my White House. And you know Mayor what? Buttigieg. That was a, a subtle read to Pete Buttigieg who, who is going to come back and, and, and comment on her read to him. And it'll be the first time we hear from Pete Buttigieg. So, but can I just say, She's 1,000 fucking percent right. She took a selfie with, with Ashley Ryder at a goddamn pretentious juice shop yeah. in Ohio. And we went to a Joe Biden event. And as much as we, we like Joe Biden and we went to a Joe Biden event and it was, it was a pretty intimate event for all intents and purposes. It was only a few hundred people mm -hmm. and it was outside. And Joe Biden did not take the time to stand and let like literally 200 people, which is nothing. I don't even know if it was that many line up and take a picture with the guy instead he needed to cause a mob scene where i'm not lying when i say julie almost got arrested <laughs> she almost got arrested she was getting in fights with grown men who were who were pushing up against us we were going to get in a crush of grown men trying to take selfies with joe biden it was so not a good look and i was so disappointed in him and his campaign for not for making Fans of him turn against each other for that social media moment. And it be, everybody became an animal for the moment. And ex except for Julie and I, who just tried to get away from it and got stuck in some kind of like mob scene. And then Julie almost got arrested. <laughs> Elizabeth Warren stands there and she takes 1000 pictures a night, whatever event she does with every single person. And the people don't just walk up and, you know, they take more than one picture. Now they need to tell her about how they love her and why they love her and what they problem is and da, da 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 people she's soothing and comforting to people and the same way obama was and she stands there and she listens and does she want to no people are annoying does she want to take a thing for facebook fuck no nobody wants facebook to rule their fucking lives she doesn't even fucking like mark zuckerberg they personally fucking hate each other and it's like but she stands there and she does it because that's what you need to do otherwise we're all going to turn each other just like we did at joe biden's thing julie and i left that event like very negative Right. Like of our of mankind. Yes. Other Democrats, other supporters of Joe Biden. We were like, fuck off, you losers. I mean, I mean, I got in a fight. I got in a fight. Yeah. <laughs> you got in a fight with a man, a grown man. So and it then was I like, body checked him and then he was horrified. Yeah. So whatever she what she said was true. And we stand by it a thousand percent. And now here's Pete Buttigieg responding to her. Can't help but feel that might have been directed at me. It was. And here's the thing. We're in the fight of our lives right now. Donald Trump and his allies have made it abundantly clear that they will stop at nothing. Not even foreign interference to hold on to power. They've already put together more than $300 million 
This is our chance. This is our only chance to defeat Donald Trump. And we shouldn't try to do it with one hand tied behind our back. The way we're going to win is to bring everybody to our side in this fight. If that means that you're a grad student digging deep to go online to PeteForAmerica.com and chip in 10 bucks, that's great. And if you can drop $1,000 uh, without blinking, that's great, too. We need everybody's help in this fight. I'm not going to turn away anyone who wants to help us defeat Donald Trump. We need Democrats who've been with us all along, yes, but we also need independents worried about the direction of the country. If you were a Republican, disgusted with what's going on in your own party, we're not going to agree on everything, but we need you in this fight, and I will welcome you to our side. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Uh, see, and I said this to you earlier, the thing is that he's not wrong, and it's, right? Right. He isn't wrong. No. However. And it was this fight between Emerson and exactly. Scott. Or the, the, the debate the between debate. Emerson and Scott. And it is a valid debate, and he's right. You don't, and if, if he, he, he wants to accept everyone, I get it. We get it. We get it. However... Elizabeth Warren is saying she doesn't have to do that. She's gotten to a point where she doesn't have to do that. So if she doesn't have to, she shouldn't have to, and she's not going to. And she's going to change the way that things are done. So maybe you're not ready, Pete. Yeah. Maybe you're just not ready. And he will be our first gay president. It just won't be this year um, or 2020. Okay, so uh, that's not where this fight ends, though. (laughs) So now Liz comes back to Pete and responds to him. And then back and back. <laughs> Senator Warren, 45 seconds to respond. So the mayor just recently had a fundraiser that was held in a wine cave Uh-oh. full of crystals and served <laughs> and gay guys. $900 a bottle wine. Yeah, that's a turnoff. Um, turn think off. about Sorry. who comes to that. He had promised that every fundraiser he would do would be open door. Oh. But this one was closed door. There was another one we, we know wasn't open door either, and they canceled. Many years ago that rich people in smoke-filled rooms would not pick the next president of the United States. Billionaires cronies with cigars. in wine caves should not I mean, pick this was the like next gay president guys of the United States. Room, Mr. Mayor, your okay. response. You know, according to Forbes magazine, I am the, literally the only person on this stage who's not a millionaire or a billionaire. So if... This is important. This is the problem with issuing purity tests you cannot yourself pass. He's so smart. If I pledged pledged never to be in the company of a progressive Democratic donor, I couldn't be up here. Senator, your net worth is 100 times mine. Now, supposing that you went home feeling the holiday spirit, I know this isn't likely, but stay with me, and decided to go on to PeteForAmerica.com and give the maximum allowable by law, $2,800. Would that pollute my campaign because it came from a wealthy person? No, I would be glad to have that support. We need the support from everybody who is committed to helping us defeat Donald Trump. I do not sell access to my time. I don't burn time with millionaires and billionaires. Sorry, as of when, Senator? I don't meet behind closed doors with big dollar donors. And look, I've taken one that ought to be an easy step for everyone here. I've said to anyone who wants to donate to me, if you want to donate to me, that's fine. But don't come around later expecting to be named ambassador because that's what goes on in these high dollar fundraisers. I said no, and I asked everybody on this stage to join me. This ought to be an easy step. And here's the problem. If you can't stand up and take the steps that are relatively easy 
can't stand up to the wealthy and well-connected when it's relatively easy when you're a candidate. Right. Then how can the American people believe you're going to stand up to the wealthy and well-connected when you're president and it's really hard? Judy. I mean, mic drop, uh, you know, mic drop. And it, then it here, is what it is. And then here comes Bernie Sanders who responds to the question and basically mows them all to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> I am... Rather proud, maybe, I don't know. The only candidate up here doesn't have any billionaire contributions. But you know what I do have? We have received more contributions from more individuals than any candidate in the history of the United States of America at this point in an election, averaging $18 a piece. Now, there's a real competition going on up here. My good friend Joe, and he is a good friend, He's received contributions from 44 billionaires. Pete, on the other hand, is trailing, Pete. You only got 39 so good. contributing. So, Pete, we look forward to you. I know you're an energetic guy and a competitive guy to see if you can take on Joe on that issue. But what is not... What is not a laughing matter... He's friends, making jokes and then says don't laugh. This is why three people own more wealth than the bottom half. This is why Amazon and other major corporations pay zero in federal taxes. We need to get money out of politics. We should run our campaign on that basis. You couldn't take a picture with us because we didn't have five grand. And Pete Buttigieg, take a seat, sir. Here comes Andrew Yang, um, also with the jokes. I just want to return to this conversation because I think it's core. Our country is deeply misogynist, and most all of us know that. Mm-hmm. Money and men are tied together. That's why oh, I thought God, I mean, taking the conversation. Uh, the fact is, strong societies would elect like, more female leaders. Uh, strong men treat women well for the same reasons. I'm on the record saying that you need both strong men and female leaders in government because the fact is, if you get too many men alone and leave us alone for a while, we kind of become morons. God, I I'm, I, he, I might have t- been turned on yeah. during his this particular so part. So it's related to our campaign finance rules because right now the fact is we operate in a fundamentally anti-woman marketplace. That's right. And that includes the marketplace for politicians. Yep. If we were to put a hundred democracy dollars into the hands of every American voter, instead of five percent contributing, every one of his plans involves giving us money, and I love that. Fifty or sixty percent, and you'd have many, many more women who would run for office because they don't have to go shake the money tree in the wine cave. Burn! Burn! God! God! In that wine cave! Didn't need to shake the money tree in the. So now we're gonna we're gonna skip immigration. We're gonna skip education because we've heard it all before, and we're actually short on time. We did prepare those, <laughs> so we're gonna skip it in the interest of time, just because we're running out of time. And for the first time in any debate, they talk about transgender protections. Senator Sanders, at least twenty-two transgender people were killed in the United States this year. Most of them transgender women of color. Each of you has said you would push for the passage of the Equality Act a comprehensive LGBTQ civil rights bill. But if elected, what more would you do to stop violence against transgender people? We need moral leadership in the White House. We need a president who will do everything humanly possible to end all forms of discrimination. 
against the transgender community, against the African-American community, against the Latino community, and against all minorities in this country. But above and beyond providing the moral leadership of trying to bring our people together, what we also need for the transgender community is to make sure that health care is available to every person in this country, regardless of their sexual orientation or their needs. And that is why I strongly support and have helped lead the effort for a Medicare for all single payer program, which will provide comprehensive health care to all people, including certainly the transgender community. Somehow he got that around to healthcare. You know, it's, he, uh, he brings it to healthcare. He brings it to climate. He brings uh, it to student loan debt. Yeah, everything. I mean, that's, I mean, okay. So here's Elizabeth Warren responding to the same question. She's really she's come around on a lot of these issues, and she's she's just got a soft touch that makes us feel good. Yeah. The transgender community has been marginalized in every way possible, and one thing that the president of the United States can do is lift up attention, lift up their voices, lift up their lives. Here's a promise I make. I will go to the Rose Garden once every year to read the names of transgender women, of people of color who have been killed in the past year. I will make sure that we read their names so that as a nation, we are forced to address the particular vulnerability on homelessness. I will change the rules now. A specific answer to a specific question. And it shows that she understands the problem. The specific problem. Has thought about rather it. Rather yeah. than their current identification. I will do everything I can to make sure that we are in America. I believe it. That I leaves do. no one behind. Thank I, you, Senator Warren. I believe it. When she said the specific vulnerability of this community, she, get, she clearly, she understands. Yeah. And it's like, you, you know... To they she would put the LGBT whatever the Equality Act. Once you pass the Equality Act and you make gay rights, trans rights, blah blah blah, right? Everyone, you can't get fired for being whatever. You can't, you know, the hate crime's a hate crime. You can't discriminate in housing. You can't discriminate in medical. Once we're equal there, then once anyone's anyone's getting killed or blah 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 blah, it's like now we're dealing with the specific nuance of people's hate and you got to and the fact that she's willing to go into the rose garden and say yeah. names and do that and deal she's with the showing hate. right she's showing her understanding and it's and it's also a, a and it's another step beyond just the equality act right. like, i'm gonna get the equality act passed because it takes more than that pass whatever act you want there's got to be you have to embody somebody that understands right. the struggle of a right. marginalized community right. and and what they're going through and and brings mm. the word and the energy and the awareness to everyone else that's the last subject topic right that we're gonna cover yeah we and that's the last we'll hear of um elizabeth warren and bernie sanders so we picked uh they all did their closing statements and we um we selected andrew yang's and joe biden's to highlight Mm -hmm. for the for the closing of the debate so we can hear those now i know what you're thinking america how am i still on this stage with them Not anymore. He's funny. Yeah, he's funny. He is funny. He's funny. Our His hands move around. He's funny. Time because we are laser focused on solving the real problems that got Donald Trump elected in the first place. I spent seven years helping create thousands of jobs in Detroit, Baltimore, New Orleans, and other cities, serving as an ambassador of entrepreneurship under President Obama. And I saw firsthand what many of you already know. Our country is falling apart. Our senior citizens are working until the day they die 
Our kids are addicted to smartphones or drugs. Correct. We're seeing mm -hmm. record high levels of depression, suicides, overdoses. Our companies are recording record profits while our people are literally dying. The country younger. is falling apart. Our way of life is changing faster than ever. And the simple fact is this. Our politicians in D.C. succeed whether we the people succeed or fail. Washington, D.C. today is the richest city in our country. What do they produce? Didn't know that. Bad decisions? Oh, dun, dun. Is that your partner? Writers. We need to get the money out of D.C. and into your hands, the hands of the American people. Join us at yang2020.com and help us rewrite the rules of the 20th century economy to work for us. Thank you. Yeah. And here's okay. Joe Biden. We're going to end with Joe Biden. And we're excited about Joe Biden, even though he hurt our feelings with the and selfie finally, situation. Vice <laughs> President Biden. I want to thank everyone for listening seven days out Christmas. Uh, thank you very much. Look, we all have big progressive plans, and the question is, who can deliver on those plans? It that is the question. We have to ask ourselves three questions straight up and honestly. Okay. Who has the best chance, the most likely chance of defeating Donald Trump? Probably you. Who is the one who's most likely to do that? You. Number two, who can uh, who can help elect Democrats to the United States Senate in states like probably Elizabeth North Warren, and Georgia, and Arizona, I mean all of them, and mm -hmm. other states. Mm -hmm. And thirdly. Who can deliver legislation Maybe that requires you to look at our records? Now that's Elizabeth I have a significant Warren. record of getting significant things done from the Violence Against Women Act to the Chemical Weapons Treaty in foreign and domestic policy alike. And oh. so I think ask those, asking those questions, okay. I believe, as you expect, he can fit all of those. qualified yeah. to answer those three questions. But most of all, we've got to level with the American people. Don't play games with them. Tell them the truth and be authentic. God bless you all, and may you all have a great, great holiday season. And thank you guys for doing this as well. Thank you. <sighs> I love him so much. I, know, I so really good. do. And he's, he looks so good, and he's so he looks great. tan and slim. He should have said, and he's most my... of all, you better look good in some aviators. <laughs> I'll tell you, I just look at him, and I go, God, when I'm that age, I just want to fit into a suit like that. I want to look good. Like He just looks... He just looks... That gorgeous good. wife. I love him, too. And he... He is, he is a straight shooter. I mean, even though it's no malarkey, he, I really wish they would have called it here's the deal because he says yes, here's, here's the, deal. the deal. He says it all the time. I do think he's authentic. I feel like the the senior moments that come with his age actually require him to just tell it like it is. You know how people get right. older and they're just like, right. they're like, damn, grandma. Like they tell you, they just don't even right. edit. Right. I do feel like that contributes to him being a straight shooter about stuff. And yep. he's done it so long. He just tells you, we can't afford that. That will never happen. They're never going to vote for that. And, yeah. you know, and he does make it clear he's going to color inside the lines and he's not going to go and be some rogue fucking, yeah. you know, executive orders down the line and yeah. everything else. But I do appreciate being told we can't afford it. It's unrealistic. It's not going to happen. Um, listen, I'm not going to be crying if he becomes the candidate. I'm not. I'm not either. Yeah. And if he does, you know he's taking Kamala. Democratic debate episode of Dumb Gay Politics. 
Yay, thank you guys for listening. If you haven't yet signed up for our Patreon podcast, go over to patreon.com slash dumbgaypolitics, and you can choose to pledge $1 for one bonus podcast a week or $2 for two bonus podcasts a week. We have some free ones posted, but you got to scroll way, 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 way down all the way to last year, 2018, I think. So you can um, you can listen to some unlocked episodes and see if you like it. And if you don't really like it that much, join with a friend and mm-hmm. share your password. Mm-hmm. That'll save you some money. We don't care. That's what we do. That's right. That's what we actually do across many, many, many platforms. Showtime, mm-hmm. HBO, Netflix, um, Amazon, Disney Plus. No. Yes. Disney yes. Plus. Amazon. Yes. HBO. Uh, Literally Netflix. share Amazon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Name it. We name, name we do it. it all. Just name it. YouTube. Share. Yeah. Share the password, guys. We we're fine. Well, 25 cents is better than nothing. Correct. Share it with your whole entire family. Absolutely right. Ne- and next week, Tuesday falls on New Year's Eve. But don't worry. We will be back with a regular episode for those of you that just want that regular weed. Regular weed, honey. And everyone's going to need some regular weed to deal with the overrated shit show of... New Year's, New Year's Eve. Eve. And guess what? Do we ever get a day off? I don't think so. And as always, it's been real and it's been fun. But mostly it's been gay and it's been dumb. Merry Hanumas. Happy Christmaka. Bitch. <laughs> How'd you do, I? See you've met my faithful hand in hand. He's just a little broad dime because... When you knocked, he thought you were the candy man. Don't get strung up by the way I look. Don't judge a book by its cover. I'm not much of a man by the light of day. But by night, I'm one hell of a lover. I'm just a sweet transvestite. From transsexual Transylvania <laughs> Let me show you a rhyme Maybe play you a sign You look like you're both pretty groovy Or if you want something visual That's not too abysmal We could take in an old Steve Reeves movie I'm glad we caught you at home Could we use your phone? We're both in a bit of a hurry. Right. We'll just say where we are, then go back to the car. We don't want to be any worry. Well, you got caught with a flat wheel. How about that? Well, babies, don't you panic. By the light of the night, it'll all seem all right. I'll get you a satanic mechanic I'm just a sweet transvestite From transsexual Transylvania (laughs) Why don't you stay for the night? Night Or maybe a bite Night I could show you my favorite obsession I've been making a man with blonde hair and a tan And he's good for relieving my Tension I'm just a sweet transvestite From transsexual 
Transylvania. Just a sweet transvestite From transsexual Transylvania So, come up to the lab And see what's on the slab I see you shiver with anticipation But maybe the rain is really to blame. So I'll remove the cause. <laughs> But not the symptom. 